Welcome to the Purple Table and the second episode of our conversation. The Purple Table is a place for uncomfortable, comfortable conversations about topics that we find challenging to discuss with our friends, family, in the workplace, and in our communities. There are no simple questions to complex issues, and we must lean into discomfort to grow a more empathetic worldview. So thank you for being here. I am your host, Carlos Barcenas, and I have today uh, the uh, the honor to have my friend and, and mentor, Matt Rizak, who we are going to be jumping in the space of pushing your growth edge, and we will get to what that is. But before that, uh, Matt is an online mindfulness-based uh, mindfulness based coach who has helped clients unravel limiting habits to reveal their innate courage, calm, and creativity. He is a certified meditation teacher and has explored many traditions. In recent years, he's focused more in the practice of effortless mindfulness, and we will learn a little bit more. Matt, welcome to the Purple Table, and I'll give you here some space to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Hey, Carlos. Thanks so much. It's really great to be here. Um, yeah, so I'm Matt Rizak. I'm a mindfulness coach. I'm uh, based out of Omaha, Nebraska. And I uh, especially work with mission-driven leaders and help them to use mindfulness to navigate their biggest challenges. And so that can happen. Uh, everything from uh, in-the-moment stressors uh, when their uh, nervous system is triggered and yet they're still having to make important decisions using mindfulness in those kinds of moments to uh, navigate through to kind of those crossroads moments in life, personally and professionally, when you need to discern wise action on some really important choices and using mindfulness to help you get to a place where you feel comfortable in making those difficult decisions. And then the third one is around um, uh, limiting habit patterns. And so this idea that we all have these kind of glass ceilings inside that oftentimes we're not very aware of. And mindfulness is a great tool to kind of illuminate what those limiting patterns are and then help us learn to basically rewire our own brains uh, to allow for more possibility in our life. So awesome. that's what I do. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. And I've got to say, so I, I had the opportunity to connect with you a few years ago. And in the work that you do and the work that I do, I... Um, Self-awareness is one of the biggest things for me, I think, in leadership and the things that we do as a human being. You know, I'm very, uh, I'm very people person and connections. I think I know we're wired for, for connection. And the more self-aware we can be of who we are, I think it's a big thing. So when you bring mindfulness, I think that's just another way of saying, hey, have that deep conversation of who you are, where you are, what you are, all those good questions. But uh so let's dive into growth edge. Uh, again, had the opportunity to be pushed in the growth edge concept uh, a few years back, and it changed my life. It gave me the opportunity to have deeper conversations, to pause and say, all right, who am I? What am I doing? Um, and I think there are many people out there wondering, how do I grow my leadership? How do I grow as an individual? But let's go to the basics. Let's start with, you know, there's some people out there. Uh, shout out to Kayla Schnelli, uh, people that have that are familiar with Catalyst work around rural Nebraska. You know what the growth edge is. But uh, let's give us a little bit of background of what is this growth edge? Yeah, so to me, the I always use this metaphor of the growth edge is like walking into a dark room. And... Um, 
you know you're supposed to be in there, like you feel called to go into this space, but it's very uncomfortable because you don't know your way around. And so it's like you're, you know, you're banging your shins on furniture and kind of stumbling and you don't know uh, how to move forward or even really where you're going. But the more time that you spend in there, the, the light gradually starts to come up and you make your way across the room. And on the other side is another series of doors. And you decide at that point, which door do I feel called to grow into next? And it's basically this idea that, you know, we all have at any moment in life, you know, even doesn't matter if you're the Dalai Lama, uh, you have a certain edge of your current capacity. And yet life is constantly changing around us all the time. And so we're needing in order to adapt and in order to thrive as life changes around us, we need to constantly be able to push the basically the edges or change the shape of our of our growth capacity. And so, yeah, doing growth edge work for me is about uh, intentionally learning how do I foster my own development and foster growth so that I can continue to expand and bring more to the world and be better able to respond to the situation that I'm in. I think a key characteristic of the growth edge, I mean, that all sounds kind of fun and cool, but it's very uncomfortable. I mean, that's why being in the dark room and banging your shins, uh, you know, when you're when you're uncomfortable, you're in the land of learning. And it's very, very easy for us to start to be avoiding of learning because we get good at stuff and it feels good to be good at something. And so we want to just keep doing it over and over again. But um, pretty soon it becomes a limitation because we start uh, basically seeing all problems kind of, you know, everything is a nail and we're a hammer. And so the growth edge is a way to continually kind of expand your toolbox and help yourself to have more and more options for how you respond to the ever-changing circumstances of life. Right. I like that. And, you know, I think it's a couple of things that, that we'll go into. I like that you mentioned, one, it has to be intentional, two, it's uncomfortable. Um, but it, it reminds me of this concept that I I, I love and I keep uh, I get really excited talking about all this type uh, of concepts and content because it's about connection, it's about growth. The, this concept about calling versus career, uh, you know, I, I think when we find our calling and we follow your calling, you mentioned being in the dark room and you know you're supposed to be there. You know um, that's what you were called to do, to be. And I th we go through life um, having those snapshots um, at times and maybe not trying to figure out what it is. Um, how do you, it has to be uncomfortable, it has to be, it's not bad. We have to push back, you know, and I think in the last couple of years in the background of COVID and the political stuff happening and constant change in our communities, um, I know there are people out there who have questioned, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I feel like it's a good place. You don't have to be necessarily an official leader, just your life, on, your life you're calling as a human being, right? So um, how do we... The, the podcast about uncomfortable, comfortable conversations. What are some of those uncomfortable, comfortable places that you think we need to get familiar with? Or again, mm -hmm. uncomfortably comfortable to ask uh, ourselves before we started, you know, I mentioned uh, asking ourselves the question, what am I doing to sabotage my future? What am I doing to, uh, what's holding me back from jumping in? So again, mm -hmm. I tend to run off because, you know, I'm so passionate about this and I love mm -hmm. having this conversation. But for those out there thinking, okay, I, I am in the dark room right now. I feel like I have to be here. 
but I'm not sure what to do. What would you say are some of those uncomfortable spots that we need to visit? Yeah. Uh, well, first I'll say, I mean, obviously it, it really matters depending on the individual. And, but the way to know is when you feel yourself avoiding <laughs> and when you start to feel the discomfort. Um, and our, we are so trained to, once that discomfort comes up, to move away from it. And we can move away from it by trying to leave the situation. We can move away from it by being really busy. Uh, we can move away from it through hobbies or various kinds of addictions. Um, workaholism is a huge one. And all of them are sort of like um, anesthesia. And they provide this sort of temporary relief to this underlying pain, but the, the wound continues to fester and grow. And so uh, I think the, the first step is to recognize where you're uncomfortable and actually sit in the discomfort <laughs> and allow the, the pain to be, oftentimes it's somatic, I mean, actually in your body and in your emotions and see what it's like to um, not run away, to not distract yourself with your phone or, by reaching out to someone and just allow the experience of the pain to kind of fully move itself through you. And it's very, very difficult to do that because as I said, we're, we're basically are trained from an early age to, to avoid that. And our society is, gives us all of these tools to avoid any sense of discomfort um, and encourages us to, to avoid discomfort. But when we do it, we, we sort of undermine our own maturing process, like our own growth. Because on the other side of that pain, uh, we gain insight and we gain wisdom and we gain a deeper level of compassion for our fellow human beings who, who are experiencing the same types of pains. Um, so that's one, one response. Another thing I would say is I would also look at like, what do you believe about yourself at the end of the day? And what do your behaviors suggest about what you believe about yourself and what do your feelings and what do your thoughts suggest about what you believe about yourself. And for many of us, we have an underlying feeling that, you know, we're not enough or that um, there's, there's scarcity and that I need to seek safety through um, different kinds of mechanisms that aren't all that healthy for me. And I think those are the, the highly individual types of reflections that start to have these very significant ripple effects in our work life. Um, so if we're not feeling that we're supported at work or if we're not feeling supported in our community, we can become really defensive. Um, we can withdraw and say, I'm out of here. Um, or we can go on, on the attack and act in ways that maybe aren't that helpful to us in the long run and aren't really contributing to the community. Um, and it all to me comes down to uh, an inability to sit with the discomfort and kind of see what it's trying to teach us about where our limitations are at and how we might grow through them. I like that sitting with, with the discomfort that you mentioned and that sparked the next question for me of uh, giving, yourself, giving yourself permission to. Um, so uh, you had an opportunity to work with uh, rural members of Nebraska or community members across Nebraska. Mm -hmm. uh, and you had an opportunity to, to see their, the, to see them grow into their calling, uh, mm -hmm. which was a very neat process. And, and you can uh, 
shared a little bit, but what I'm trying to get to is if we're going to give a message out to those that are listening, you know, the people that know you that have followed you, the people that know me that are following and, and they're, or just somebody that's looking into growing, I think giving yourself permission to is a very uncomfortable place. So when you're saying, you know, many times this doesn't happen, you know, when you're busy, when, when you're um, thinking about so many things to me, it happened at, at almost at the end of the day when I had, I'm just into a gaze for the five, 10 minutes. And all of a sudden I felt just a nudge of what am I doing? What is life? What do I need to, and to your point, I would run away. I would change the channel. I would go do something else, but I, I was afraid to explore that sentiment, that feeling. So what are some of the things, you know, we hear it on leadership. Well, it's hard. You got to step into it. There's a lot of concepts that are true. There's a lot of cliches that are, you know, there, um, but what are five layers deep, seven layers deep? What are some of the conversations about giving yourself permission? Um, does that make sense? What do you need to give yourself permission that we don't often think about? We don't often think yeah. about. Yeah. I would say pay attention to your naturally occurring curiosity. That, like, actually say, you know, if I had my druthers and I could explore anything for the sake of my own growth, uh, and, you know, not for the sake of my own R&R necessarily, although that's really important, or for the sake of my own, like, just to have a neat, fun experience, but like for the sake of my own development as an organism on this planet to become like the next best version of myself. And I had an opportunity to just uh, explore that, like, what would that be? What might I do? What kinds of conversations would I have? What kind of experiences would I have? What kinds of activities would be important to me. I think in allowing yourself to really tap into that curiosity and pursue it would be my strongest advice. And there's a couple of interesting things that keep us from doing that. One is we are so used to looking externally for validation and for authority. So oh, someone else says I can go do this thing, or I have to go get funding from so-and-so, and then I can go do this training, or I, you know, I've got this grant, and so I have to do things a certain way that, that the grant says I have to do. And we're constantly looking outward for kind of permission and for direction. <laughs> and, and sadly, uh, other than for people who are really entrepreneurial, and sometimes even they struggle with this, of like, how about if I just gave my own permission and assumed that my own sense of what I'm intuitively drawn to and curious about, that's enough reason for me to do this because there's validity in that. <clears throat> Uh, so that's a huge piece. I think the other part that's a roadblock is it's extremely vulnerable because what if you fail? <laughs> what if it leads you nowhere? You know, what if what if you end up doing something that someone important in your life says you're wasting your time on that or that's that'll never happen? Or, you know, I mean, there's all of these uh, versions of the cave people, citizens against virtually everything. And some of them are our close friends and our, our loved ones who you know, are feeling like they're acting in, in our best interest by giving us advice of like, yeah, just don't, don't go too far outside the lines. <clears throat> but if that's where, um, but if we're drawn there and we actually want to go there and listen to that, it can make us feel very, very vulnerable and insecure. Um, and so again, I guess I would say, um, follow your curiosity, trust in yourself that those places that you're naturally drawn to, that that indicates something that that really matters. And then finally, yeah, try to find some fellow travelers, like other people who are also 
uh, seeking those kinds of things and are trying to draw outside whatever lines they've been given and connect with them and say, hey, you know, life's short and it's a small world and I'm, I'm glad to be here and I'm seeing you for wanting to do this cool thing and I hope that you'll see me too and that maybe somehow we can support each other. There's a great, there's a great book out right now called 4,000 Weeks and it's kind of like a, um, time management from a very existential point of view, <clears throat> but it's been really helpful. So 4,000 weeks of, if you live to be 80 years old, you will have lived about 4,000 weeks, which doesn't seem like that much really. And, uh, at my age now, I figured out I have about 1700 weeks left and it puts things in perspective of like, okay, what do I want to do this week? Like <laughs> next week, I'm going to have 1,699. So what is most, what matters to me most this week? And again, it's about trusting that what comes up inside from your heart when you ask yourself that question is valid and is strong and will evolve and that you have the license, like the permission to pursue it. And you're the only one who can give yourself that permission. That's, that's a lot of, yeah, you're making me think of, um, so my my grandfather, uh, just my on my dad's side, just such a great man. Uh, but he passed away here in December of, of this year and of last year, and uh, he lived to be ninety six, ninety seven. You know, and mm. you're talking about, yeah, when you put it into a week's perspective, when you talking, you're talking about age uh, and where we are now. I've often shared about the rule of tens. You know, and and if you were to divide your life to tens, and we live to eighty. Uh, we have eight tickets, right? We have eight tickets. And right now I'm already 40. I can't even count. Eight tickets. Here we go. And I'm already 40-something. So that means that I have four tickets left because you can do so much in 10 years, um, which gives me to this idea of uh, sometimes we think I don't have – or when I have time, when I'm ready or uh, – here. okay, two things. I think we have to, or I believe we have to show up for each other because we can help each other reinforce the sense of, I give you permission, right? When you hear somebody tell you, man, you're great at this. You're, you're awesome at this. It reinforces your sense of, of your calling. So that's one thing. And again, the other was, when is it a good time? You know, I'm talking with a, a good friend who's about to have a baby, uh, him and his wife, uh, Nate and Emily, shout out to you guys. But uh, about, you know, when kids come, you're going to get busy. Uh, here's my thing, though. Once kids come, then kids grow, and then kids get busy. Then they go to junior high and then high school. So I really, we're always busy. There's always something to do. There's not this perfect time of, you know, when things settle down. And I think as human beings, we, we are creators all the time. So we need to do something today. We need to do something now. Um I gave me a lot of wrote a lot of notes. Curiosity, uh, being vulnerable. I want to tie this, and then I'll, I'll ask you for your comments on being vulnerable. Is hard. We've heard leadership is a, can be a lonely place, but if we are feeling in leadership that we're alone because we don't have that support or we don't feel supported or seen or heard in our community, but you're not the only one there, right? We are. We I have felt like that in leadership. Where I felt like, man, I don't have fellow travelers as you mentioned to go with me in this in this journey but then having gone through this uh growing my uh, pushing my growth edge being with other community members that are saying i want to grow um 
it is important that we show up. It is important that we validate each other. So I'm trying to get to being vulnerable is not easy. So how do we go from this surface conversation, say, how you doing? How's your day going? With people and leaders in our community or community members that we don't get to, they're not in our immediate trust circle, Mm -hmm. right? But they are in our circle of people that we come in contact with. How do we show up for each other? How do we say, Mm -hmm. um, you're not alone? Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm sorting my thoughts, all this stuff that you gave, um, because I think being vulnerable, it's hard Mm -hmm. because you don't want to be hurt. You don't want to go through the pain. But mm-hmm. vulnerability and leadership is such a great asset mm-hmm. when we learn to share it and manage mm-hmm. our pain and growth. So I don't know what that sparks for you. I'll give you a chance. Yeah, As I great. sort more of my thoughts, I'll give you a chance to, to also comment yeah. on this. No, a couple I mean, a couple of things come up. Uh, one is <clears throat> sometimes it's nice to connect with people outside of your immediate circle. Like just to name that that's okay. <laughs> but you're not, you're still not isolated. And I, I, I learned so much from Caleb Pollard uh, in Ord, Nebraska, Scratch John Brewing Company, shout out to Caleb, about going and finding your peers and, and saying, hey, I recognize what you're doing. Like, so he, he saw a community in Iowa, for example, that he thought was doing cool things when he was in the commu- uh, community and economic development world. And he basically called him up and said, what you're doing is really fascinating to me. Like, can I come visit you? Would you, know, would you mind helping me, introducing me to, I don't know, five or six people in the community who you think are really helping to make things happen just so I can come and learn and have coffee from you and, and establish a relationship. And can you imagine getting that kind of a phone call and what uh, a feeling of being seen and being respected and a desire to generously give back to someone who who reaches out to you in that kind of a way. Like it's really, was an amazing bit of social capital building. Um, besides the fact that I know Caleb just learned a ton from the experience and created a lot of new relationships, which he's good at doing anyway. So that's, that's one thing that comes to mind, but I think even in our own, you know, in our, the circles that are closest to us, um, it's easy to start to put people into boxes that really are boxes of our own making. You know, they, they say more about who we are than about what anyone else is. <laughs> and they say more about how we think about things and how we categorize people and our assumptions and all this kind of stuff. And so it's really important to, you know, kind of get beyond yourself <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and, and I think uh, extending an invitation to someone, you know, one-to-one and say, would you be open to having a different kind of a conversation than we've had before? And this is the kind of thing that I'm thinking about. You know, I've, I've got some deeper questions about things that I don't really get a chance to share very much and that feel a little uncomfortable. I'm assuming I'm not the only one. Uh, I also feel like I've got some things to offer to the community that I'm not able to offer yet for some reason. And I, I would just like to share that. And I assume you also have things that you don't really get a chance to talk about, but that are really, really important to you would you feel safe creating a little cone of silence together and, you know, experimenting with what's it like to have a deeper conversation and just kind of seeing where it goes. And again, that kind of an invitation can really be, can open up. It's so disarming, first of all, and can open up uh, someone's mind and someone's heart and can be really transformational. I'll share from my own personal experience. I, 
had a really hard set of circumstances that unfolded a few years ago, and it was very, very hard to share about them with anyone. Uh, but I gradually found that as I kind of went around the, the, basically the Midwest, you know, kind of building my coaching and consulting business. And as I would share little pieces of my experience, very, very often other people would say, I've got a piece of that story in me. And this is it. <clears throat> and pretty soon I realized, holy smokes, this thing that was inside of me that, you know, felt so kind of scary and that I didn't want to talk about. And, uh, you know, just had a lot of negative stuff around in my mind. Um, to the extent that I started to share it, pretty soon I saw, oh, wow, this is everywhere. This is scattered everywhere, a similar kind of story. And people were so grateful to have a chance to to start to share their little piece of it as well. So there can be some real unexpected um, benefits to to vulnerability, but it's, yeah, it is, it does take a lot of courage and it's a risk every time you do it. Yeah. And, you know, I, it, for me, it's been such a reinforcement because I don't, I don't consider myself to be there yet. I'm still in training. I'm still in this journey, but I have found the similar, this concept of I hear you and I see you um, and I just want to hear what you're doing or asking, you know, this is what's going on in my mind. Can we sit down and have this, this conversation? And, and again, many times this uncomfortable, comfortable place of connection doesn't have to be negative, doesn't have to be awkward. It is just really an invitation to hear ourselves out loud. Uh, I think there's such a thing about, there's something special about sharing your your thoughts, who you are, your the process. Uh, you know, I'm grateful for uh, the many uh, rock stars I get to hang out, and they get they have so much patience with me because my brain works. My brain is just a mess; it works differently. So I see things in like in concepts and pictures, and it's hard for me sometimes to articulate them. So you know, I start with just let me get all this out, and and, and then hopefully it makes sense. And and many most of the time, if not all the time, I just find how. There is such one, hey, I will take the time to listen to you, and I hear you, and I see you. But then when I share my thoughts, it's like, you know, that's exactly what I was thinking. There's this connection of I'm not the only one who's going through this, and it reinforces that connection of leadership and uh, who we are. Um, so that, that was that was really good uh, vulnerability, a place to step into. A couple things that come to mind that I'm, we can explore is, you know, I like the legacy word piece of when you mentioned the the, the 4,000 weeks um, what legacy do we want to leave right that's that's one uh, that came to mind and then also something else that comes to mind maybe that's what we'll get when, once we get closer to the end is sharing what is at the end of the growth edge so you've experienced it yourself you've seen community members community leaders friends across Nebraska and many other places in your own your own clients explore the growth edge um, and what is at the end so those are the, so legacy what is at the end um what else what else come to mind I have one more thought but i can't i'm lost it right now so let's explore legacy yeah <clears throat> legacy legacy go. legacy go so uh legacy that comes to my mind <laughs> the first thing that comes to my mind is to remember that we are someone's legacy uh and we are the ripple effects of many, many lives that came before us. Uh, people who are directly descendants of and 
everyone else, <laughs> dating back to the first, you know, <clears throat> single cell organism that first emerged from the primordial goop uh, here on Earth. And so I like to ask, like, what is it that I want to carry forward of the legacy that I've inherited? And frankly, it isn't everything, but there are some things. And that's I find that extremely grounding because it connects me so deeply going very, very far back. And it makes me feel like I'm not just some sort of, you know, free electron out here on my own, but I'm supported by all these generations and generations and generations. And then, you know, moving forward, what's my legacy? I see that um, part of what we inherit in our legacy oftentimes is uh, like internalized racism, internalized trauma, uh, internalized anxiety, and our lives are an opportunity to stop those kinds of cycles and to pass forward something different to our kids or to the people who we work with or to the next generation of people that we mentor. And that's extremely powerful to think that we can actually interrupt these habitual patterns of unhealthy operating in the world by doing our own work, our own internal work to, to like end the habit cycles that are inside of us so that we don't carry them forward. Uh, and that to me is extremely meaningful. So that's what I have on legacy. Man. So you gave me goosebumps as you say, you know, we are the legacy of, of someone and that is so true uh, um, of, of our family, of our past or experiences. And to your point, you know, our past the people that have poured into us, our friends or family, we are the the product of those experiences and, and interactions, and we have such an opportunity to, to okay, continue to invest, uh, uh, co-creation, you know, and I, I, that's what came to mind. We are responsible for each other. We are responsible for our communities. We need to engage in this connection and conversation because we are leaving a legacy, you know. We make an impact. Um Positive or negative, every time we connect with somebody, we either leave them better than they were or, you know, or worse. It's like we make an impact. It matters. Um, so, again, thinking of, of what do I want to leave in the world? You know, what, what kind of impact do I want to do I want to make in those around me? Um, I, I really hope we take more time as individuals of mm -hmm. that mindfulness. It mm -hmm. matters that we take care of ourselves. So um, as we follow this conversation, you know, this, again, I got goosebumps, goosebumps. Um, really, there's a lot of deep thoughts, a lot of deep content that we as individuals sometimes don't take the time to connect. Um, we are co-creators in our relationships, for our children, for our friends. Um, we have to show up. For everyone, for ourselves. What is at the end of this growth edge? You know, again, this might be a new concept for those that are listening, but really pushing, as you've been listening to us talk about being being curious, sitting with discomfort, uh, being uncomfortable. But also, you know, I don't want to sound like cliche-ish, and we're not trying to be, you know, motivational speakers and just put a tagline out there, but the reality that we all have a special calling in this life, regardless of, you know, uh, spiritual belief or regardless of uh, 
your life experience, at the end of the day, as human beings, we desire connection. We are wired for connection. Um, there is fulfillment in answering our calling. Uh, what is some of the things that you personally have experienced, one, or also you've seen the light at the end of the growth edge tunnel on so many people across Nebraska. Um, mm -hmm. So what is at the end of the growth edge for those that are listening that you, they are wondering, well, what does that mean? Is, is it worth it? Is there value? What, what's at the end of the, what is at the end of the growth edge? Yeah. I mean, you become more of the person that you want to be and are supposed to be in the world more of your, capacity and more of your gifts and more of <clears throat> um, your potential are brought into the world and shared. And you oftentimes become something you weren't really expecting. Like you didn't, you're surprised. <laughs> It's one of the, one of the metrics I, I kind of have in the back of my mind when I'm coaching of showing a sign of progress is when someone takes action that they thought was pretty unlikely. And I think that you end up taking these actions that you want, you know, you've aspired to, but for whatever reason, you always felt like, well, that's not for me. No, no, that, that's probably not going to happen. And then pretty soon I'm taking them and like, I'm becoming, I'm the type of person who does that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, I think that's what's at the other end. Also at the other end are more growth edges. I mean, as far as I can tell, it just it continues on because until, until our last moment is here, because We're constantly needing to navigate new situations in life. And hopefully there's always another growth edge. Hopefully we don't stagnate. You know, if we're lucky, it's, it's constantly there. And then another piece that came to me as you were talking is there's something about, it seems like the process gets more and more gentle. Uh, and you talked, you said something about ripple effects that reminded me of, there's this really cool idea. Um, there's a book called Gentle Action, and there's this really cool idea in it of a soliton. And this is like a phenomenon in nature where a wave can let, you know, let's say a pebble gets thrown into water or something and the wave carries on and on and on for miles because the conditions are just right that, that, that wave isn't dissipated. And I think that is a beautiful metaphor of like, what's the lightest touch thing you can do to have the greatest impact. And I feel like as we mature through our growth edges, They become less of these, you know, huge kind of things that you put onto a, a poster type. Wow, look what I did. And now look what I'm doing next and all the efforting that was requires. And it becomes more and more of like a gentle, it moves from like a, an experiential um, um, kind of one-off thing to more and more of a trait uh, that's built into kind of your DNA of, of how you are and how you operate in the world. And it becomes more and more just gentle. And that gentleness allows so much space then for other people to, to find their own kind of growth edge alongside you. It's, it's really beautiful to, to watch happen in someone. Yeah. No, I, I, it's again, well, we, we have an opportunity to share, to grow. Um, you know, I think with everything that's happened in the few last few years, COVID and people, we, as uh community as uh, we're struggling, right? And there are people in leadership, there are people in everyday life just trying, asking the question of, I really, there's got to be something else. We've got to, there's got to be something else. And having this opportunity to pause, uh, 
to think about who whose legacy do you belong to uh, who poured mm-hmm. into you and having the opportunity to be history makers change the past mm-hmm. create a new future or continue to you know we don't uh, to your point of we don't have to take everything we learn there's some things that we can heal there's some mm-hmm. things that we need to to restore and uh you know at times when i'm sitting with coffee i tend to to I write a few things um, here and there, and I can find my my note. But uh, a couple of days ago, as I was thinking about leadership and growth and how do you continue to to push that edge, um, I was thinking about heal healing. I was thinking about restoring. I was thinking about changing. Um, in our life experience, I think it's so important. The li- what I wrote was something along the lines of: um, you have to intentionally mend and heal your past or it will rule your present and destroy your future it was something along the lines and i can't mm-hmm. find it right now but you know i, I think sometimes we are a product not sometimes we're a product of our life experience so being able to be self-aware and mindful of how you're reacting now and taking care of the past can directly impact how fulfilled you become in the future so uh, what are your thoughts on on that no, I completely agree. That's really, that's, uh, even though you just made that off the cuff, not quite being able to remember what you wrote is very well said. Uh, it kind of reminds me of Carl Jung has a quote that says, until we make the subconscious conscious, it will rule our lives and we will call it fate. And it's a similar kind of thing. Self-awareness is about learning to make what's hidden or making what's implicit explicit or making the hidden scene. And frankly, we are... <clears throat> there are a lot of things that we think we're, we're doing by choice that are actually these sort of like almost like algorithms inside that are operating us. <laughs> and we're, we're, we are made up of a lot of habit patterns. And you really start to see them when you find yourself like, I'm in this situation again. Or hmm, this feels really familiar. I'm feeling the same sense of disappointment or frustration or challenge. And that that should be a great big sign saying, look here, go deeper here, find someone to talk to about this because there's some kind of an unconscious pattern happening in you that is literally limiting the scope of what's possible in your life. And I think the act of leadership for sure, but of just human growth is to continue to try to find those things and and learn to like lovingly explore them uh, and kind of figure out what's it mean to become an ally of these self-limiting patterns. Like how are they trying to serve me and how can I help them evolve so that they are no longer limiting, but that they actually are like creating expansion and an opportunity for me to become more. Awesome. Awesome. No, and yeah, I, I, I found it here. If you don't heal and mend your past, it will rule your present and ruin your future. You know, through our conversation about vulnerability, our conversation about experiences, legacy, and just becoming uh, who you're meant to be as a human being um it takes that mindfulness it takes it takes growth but that's why we have to show up for each other to be able to say hey i'm going through that i've been there uh, be able to pull others and push them um gently uh, into that growth um i have uh i don't know if there are any other any other thoughts um Matt, that you're thinking of here as we come to our time, but uh, I want to recommend a mindfulness activities for adults. Um, mm-hmm. All of you that are not uh, you're listening to this, uh, my friend Matt Rizak has published 
a 50 simple exercises to relax, stay present, and find peace. I got my copy, and I am looking forward to exploring more time about growth and mindfulness. But uh, tell us a little bit about the book. Tell us a little bit about what you're working on as we get closer to our time together. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, so you can find the book on Amazon. And uh, the idea is that, uh, so a little bit of background, a lot of the, the mindfulness and meditation activities that people are familiar with were really developed in the context of monasteries. So people who had a lot of time you know, <laughs> to, uh, to meditate and to sit and observe their breath uh, and, you know, count their breath up to 500 and back and that sort of thing. And, and those, those um, practices are invaluable. I mean, they, they've, uh, I've benefited and so many people have benefited from them. But I do think there's room for a type of practice of mindfulness that is kind of more integrated into life. And, and like literally almost into the, the workflows of life, if you can think of it that way, um, into, into routine and that don't actually require like, okay, I'm, I need to set aside this time to kind of meditate for 30 minutes or something like that. But where it really becomes transformative is when you can access your sort of true essence that uh, mindfulness and meditation allows you to access right in the critical moments that you need them. So like in the middle of the, challenging meeting or in the middle of the high stakes conversation or in the middle of the escalating conflict. And if you can access it then and act from that place in those moments, it becomes um, suddenly it becomes something that starts to really change uh, your ability to have positive impact in the world. So that was part of the idea behind the book uh, um, is like, okay, what are, what are just a whole bunch of exercises that people can use to start to get used to integrating mindfulness more into into day-to-day -day life rather than as kind of something that's uh, a separate practice that gets siloed off along with the silos of exercise and the silos of sleep hygiene and silos of nutrition and everything else well thank you thank you matt very much it's been a very good conversation i always again enjoy the space that you create i've uh, for all of you that might are listening uh, and have had an uh, opportunity to push your growth edge we would love to hear how pushing your growth edge has impacted your personal life, your relationships, your work life. Uh, if you are looking into more about what is this growth edge, feel free to reach out to us, reach out to Matt. We will get all that information in the description somewhere. I'm still figuring out how this podcast world works, but uh, I know it'll be posted somewhere. Uh, Matt, I know your your website is uh, matthewrezak.com. Um is there any other contact information you want to share on air? Otherwise, we'll put no, it it's all there. My last there name is spelled R-E-Z-A-C, so MatthewRezac.com. And, yeah, that's the best place to, I mean, other than, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, et cetera. Yay, yay. So for all of you, again, that uh, are listening, we thank you for the opportunity to join us. Thank you, Matt, for your time. Uh, this is the whole idea of keep pushing your growth edge. It never ends. We keep growing. We keep showing up for everyone, and uh, others keep showing up for us. So, Matt, final words. Say goodbye. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much, Carlos. I really appreciate you. And thank you. Likewise, for all of you that are out there, please connect with us. We would love to hear what you have to say and uh, keep on the lookout for the next Purple Table Conversation, the place for uncomfortable, comfortable conversations. Take care.